You received a call from an inmate at the Department of Corrections. This call will be recorded and monitored if you wish to block any future calls of this nature. Dial 7 now to accept this call. Press 5 now to decline this call. Hang up. Well, hello there, Miss Yellow Mellow. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I am doing fantastic. Well, good, good. You know, with all the stuff that's been going on here lately, I'm a little concerned about uh, the health and well-being of the people inside the prison. So any news that you can give me will work out just beautiful. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of things going on in the news today. but And, yeah, but my primary thing is to stop crime, reduce the prison population, you know, and uh, mass incarceration and death penalty and all that kind of stuff that, that kind of puts a damper on society. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've definitely been looking at the gun violence thing. You know, it kind of bounces around in the news. Sometimes it's number one. And usually when somebody gets shot, then they'll broadcast it all over the place. But if, you know, an insignificant person gets shot or... A family doesn't speak out loud enough, they're just not going to pay much attention to it. And it can go on for years until something happens and then we pop out there. And it's a shame that people have to die in order for us to even acknowledge the fact that it's out there. But it's definitely something that we need to do and we need to get involved in it and to tackle it. And, and you know, you're one of those people. You went to prison at 17, you're a violent offender, and a lot of these folks that they're attacking are the teenagers. What, what do you think about all this? Yeah, well, let's, let's put it this way. If you could not purchase an assault weapon, would you have committed murder? I know. I know you... You didn't have your own gun. You used somebody else's gun. And that's that's an issue that I have. Uh, that people figure that if you get rid of the gun, uh, then it will reduce things. And I, and I know people aren't naive enough to believe that uh, eliminating guns is going to eliminate the crime. They just know that uh, it will have some type of effect. And you know, I agree. It will have an effect. It's just it's really hard to tell what kind of effect it'll have in the future. Will it increase crime? Will people break into houses just to steal guns? Will gun violence go up because people just like the challenge? Or will we not increase security in the schools and think that the children are safer and yeah well good I'm, I'm glad you're you're talking to folks out there i'm glad you're keeping this uh topic alive we need to find out why people are shooting people and then put an end to it i think we can stop that well self-defense yeah and 
you have to look at it like this. If you don't have a gun in your home to protect yourself and somebody breaks in with a gun, it's going to be very difficult to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I... You have 60 seconds remaining. I like those features, too, where you can just, you know, use your Apple Watch or you can use your AI and uh you know home security can can greatly uh, assist and but we need to fund the police we need to give them more resources we need to get more people out there to help us those people who love guns so much let's put them in the military let's put them in the uh national guard you have 30 seconds remaining and we can even put them in schools they're well trained they know how to uh protect themselves and others that would be great Okay, that would be nice. You get out, join the military, become a professional, and go out and teach people. That would be amazing. I think people need to learn. Well, good. No, I support you 100%. Keep it going. You're doing a fantastic job out there, and I support you 100%. Keep up the good work. Hello, I am Joel Wilborn, and welcome to a QS Inmate Call. And uh, in this episode, I'm just going to tackle the issue of the gun violence and um, the protection of our youth out there. I've been doing a few things trying to play my part in uh, alleviating this this issue. You know, I... I I was in uh, law enforcement, served as an undercover narcotics agent, and I went on a lot of missions out there where I wanted to get drugs off the street. That was my primary goal. I didn't really care about arresting a massive amount of people or harming anybody or breaking up families. I just wanted to get the drugs off the street. In my mind, the drug, the illegal drug, was the issue. Uh, guns, knives, uh, explosives, those are things the uh, ATF took care of. And you know, we, we work with those a few times, but we mainly work with the uh, DEA and uh, CIA, you know, Customs. And uh, it, to me, it was like a, a dumb moment. If you really want to reduce drug activity in your area, getting rid of drugs is definitely going to help. And another step would be to help those people who are addicted to the drugs. And that's usually why they buy them. They're addicted. Or the people that just feel that the only way they can make money is by selling the drugs. We need to give alternatives, and I'm I'm all for alternatives. Alternative sentencing, alternative uh, forms of treatment, and alternative weapons out there. We we need to give folks a better choice. 
And by weapons, I mean neighbors, friends, family, supportive relationships. These are weapons in, you know, a loosely spoken way, I could say. And uh, they could be used to fight this crime wave that's going on. Now, for me, I like to do extensive research on something. I don't believe restricting guns, any type of gun, is going to help this in, a, in the way we're looking forward to. I, I know on paper it sounds good, but in reality, it's not really going to help because the guns aren't going anywhere. They're going to be out there till the end of time. Now, I uh, sent a message to Robert Yates and asked him about the uh, current situation. And he said, uh, no, well, my question was about the gun violence. What he thinks is uh, that if he thinks controlling guns, reducing guns, eliminating guns, if this is going to help with this crime wave. And he said the root of the problem is a lack of morality, a lack of installing morality in our children from a very early age. It's also a lack of proper parental guidance and involvement in young men's lives. This is true for street, street gangs and school shootings. Most all school shootings are by antisocial, disgruntled teenage boys. The partial solution to school shootings can be solved at the local level by ensuring that police officers, schools, security officers are stationed in every school. Metal detectors are installed at entrances. School doors are securely locked when students are inside. Security cameras are installed and monitored. And each nearby police station or sheriff's office has a quick reaction plan for school shooting incidents. The recent shootings in Buffalo and Uvalde were troubled kids who should never have had access to any kind of gun. Both had made threats, both felt alone and bullied, neither one had constant positive parental attention and love, neither one had an outlet to vent their frustrations, both needed mental health counseling. All of these were red, red flags that were ignored. All the gun laws in the world won't prevent violent thoughts or disturbed minds, and we should not punish law-abiding citizens for unlawful actions of the few by restricting Second Amendment gun rights. Now again, this is from Robert Yates, and he's currently serving time in the Washington State Penitentiary. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, a lot of people have their opinions of Robert Yates, and that's fine. That's his, this is America. But he knows this situation a little better than a lot of us do. And you can't help but feel sympathy for the families and the community that are affected by these things. And, you know, sitting in prison, these folks talk about this and they form their opinions and their solutions. And on my OxyWord channel on YouTube, you can tune in 
to, to uh, inmates and hear their suggestions on how to uh, prevent crime and help folks. And I think supportive relationships are really good. Now, uh, Robert Yates, he thinks that we need to focus on the person. And one thing that uh, the public isn't really looking at right now is that uh, we are... Gun violence also affects suicides. There's a lot of people who shoot themselves. It's a quick and easy way. And for anybody who studied uh, suicide, some people will just, before they cut their wrist, they'll kind of test it or just do a, a slow run on it. And But with a, a let's say a, a pistol, just stick it to the head and pull the trigger. And it's quick and easy. And they'll leave notes or something at least hopefully for the family to feel a little better. And anybody who's dealt with suicide victims knows that it is almost impossible to prevent a person from committing suicide. Uh, You can hide guns, hide all the weapons, but a person who wants to commit suicide is going to do it. Jumping off a bridge, sitting in front of a train, a moving train. And despite all our efforts, despite all the signs, the only way to prevent a person from committing suicide is to give that person all available resources so that this person can make that decision. I can't stop a person committing suicide. I can talk to a person and hope I can lead the person in the right direction, but it's that person's decision. That person must decide that suicide is not the best way out. And with the gun violence increasing in schools and public places, we need to understand that these people have something that has convinced them that this is the best way to deal with their situation. You know, for years, you know, we had the Unabomber who sent bombs to people's you know, addresses and blew them up. And we've had people that uh, would, uh, we, you know, we had a person who blew up a federal building with uh, a vehicle loaded with explosives. We've had people with their mass suicides you know, as part of a religious cult. These things have been going on for a long time and stopping guns isn't going to stop this. We need to tackle the real issue. And for some reason, people just aren't getting along like they used to. And sitting down, talking with them, showing them attention, just like Robert Yates said, we, we need morality. We're, we're, that stuff is leaving us. 
it's it's vanishing in our homes and in our schools and in our public places that we're we're kind of out of touch maybe social media is adding to that where people could sit at home and just say whatever they want on on the internet and you know if they feel that they want to lash out at people that's the way to do it but if they get up and walk out the door and buy a weapon and start taking their anger out on other folks that's we have to draw the line and i think children are really easy to guide in the right direction i know i, I when i did foster parenting i specialized in teenagers i really enjoyed working with teenagers they were the ones that society pushed aside the younger folks you know the infants and the preschoolers elementary school students parents foster parents they like them because they're curious they 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 listen a little more but the teenagers were were different and as i would sit and talk to them and work with them they're they're learning just like the rest of us and they just want somebody to listen to them sometimes they come up with some of the oddest things to talk about or say but it's not their fault it's my fault for not listening it's my fault for not taking their uh, opinions their um suggestions you know seriously so i did listen i did take them seriously and they responded in a good way i haven't seen any of them go out and commit major crimes so i'm happy for that but that's no guarantee it's just you don't really have to do a lot you can see a lot of public service announcements out there words encouraging people to be a more involved parent and none of them say you have to go to special training you have to get a degree you have to uh, buy equipment all they're saying is it doesn't take much to be a positive part of somebody's life when we fall in love it, there's no guidelines or anything for it and we can make that love and that relationship last a very long time just by working at it you can't just love somebody and then it's one and done it's a continuing a continuous project um or all a continuous um process that uh, has benefits for every side and when we see the red flags that Robert Gates was talking about it doesn't necessarily mean this person needs mental assistance or needs to be removed from society it just means that we've got an issue that it could possibly affect this person and others and we need to start looking at it this business of dealing with the issue after it's already exposed isn't going to work we need secure schools and i'm hoping we don't have to put that up on community centers or uh in malls grocery stores retail outlets you know when we go to the airport you don't see a lot of shootings over there cuz there's a lot of good security over there but people do get by 
And same thing when you go to a concert. There's times you go to a metal detector or if you go into a military base. And you don't hear a lot of a violence going on there, but it's not 100% perfect. It's just that maybe, just maybe, it cut back. If somebody is, buys a weapon, drives up to a school, gets out, and is immediately confronted by a security officer, this person might just say, you know, I'm not going to take that chance. They'll go places where they feel they're not going to get killed or harmed. Even though some of them are on that suicide mission, for the most part, they're not going to pick a place where they are not going to be able to get in and, and harm anybody. Where they'll be you know, taken out before they get a chance. So let's at least, at least give that a shot. I think that's a good idea. It's still in the works. And I'm sure eventually we'll come together and we have to come together and we can at least address this in a good way, the way that we need to. I feel so sorry for the families that lost a loved one like that. These people get up and they expect a normal day and it just ended in terrible tragedy. And I would like to see it end. I would really like us to be able to walk down the street, sit in our home, go on vacation, you know, and not have to be concerned about this, not see this kind of stuff on the news. And maybe it's a dream. But I'm not going to stop dreaming on this. I got into law enforcement because I wanted to make a difference. I got into advocacy because I want to make a difference. And I am. I am making a difference. And people who listen to this podcast and ones like it, people who read the news, watch the news, talk about it, they're all taking part in this as well. And we got to keep it out there. We got we got to let folks know. And maybe one day, uh, somebody who's actually considering commit one of these crimes might talk to you, might overhear a conversation or something, and ask what you think. And if you say the right thing, we don't know what that's going to be. You could save a bunch of lives, including that person's life. But we got to talk. We got to communicate. We got to work together. And instead of making assumptions, we got to listen. And that's what I emphasize the most: listen, be there. It doesn't require a lot of work. As long as somebody can pick up the phone, call you, and say, "I'm not feeling fantastic today. Nobody cares," then you can simply say, "Well, tell me about it." Let that person. Sometimes. When people are talking, they hear themselves and think, "Oh yeah, this isn't the right solution." And maybe they'll ask you for the right solution. But we won't know until we try it. Well, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you go over to YouTube and、uh, log into my Joel Wilborn channel. Take a look at some of the videos, and reach out. Let's talk to folks. Let's get the word out.
Hope you can do that. So go out, have a wonderful day, and make fantastic memories for tomorrow.